<laughs> Hi everyone and welcome to the Parma Podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. Hope all of you are keeping safe and well and obviously we're in the midst of this pandemic and so yeah, hope you're taking care of yourselves and all healthy and well. Um, I'm delighted to welcome back one of my uh, most frequent guests on the show and a good friend of mine, um, Alexander Shire. Welcome back. Welcome, James. It's del- I'm delighted to be with you. And I am in lockdown in Spain, which uh, lockdown here means that we have not been able to go outside of our front door for 40 days. No walking. Uh, so it's been a it's been an incredible experience of uh, um, I'm all, I'm often reminded if anybody remembers that old movie called Midnight Express of a uh, an English uh, young man who was arrested in Turkey on trumped up charges of drug of drug uh, possession mm-hmm. and he was thrown into prison and on the early in his his time in prison one of the other prisoners said to him, you can make this a prison or you can make this a monastery. So I'm trying to make this time a monastery, but uh, it's been challenging. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we were just talking, you, yeah, you've been inside for 40 days without even going outside. Days. Yeah. And, um, and I can't go home. Uh, I mean, home being the state. I physically cannot go back to the States, and I don't know when I'm going to be able to get back to the States. Maybe not even, uh, it may be late this year. It's a very odd feeling to feel like you can't do something. I realize how privileged I've been, and to suddenly have the ability to travel taken away from me is, it's unsettling. Yeah, yeah, it must be. You know, I think there's so many things that we take for granted that we, yeah, that freedoms that we take for granted, and now suddenly we don't have all of those freedoms, and it it just brings home to you um, what's really important, I guess, and how fortunate we are. I was, I went out for a walk today, and I permitted, we're permitted to go out, we're permitted to go out for an hour to do exercise. So I went for a walk. Um, social distancing obviously um, and then went shopping and then of course there's a queue outside because there's only allowed a certain number of people in the store and so and everyone queues outside to you know the appropriate distance away and uh, I just stood there and it was it's really sunny and warm and I just I just stopped for a moment and just kind of I realized that I wasn't missed there were some things about what was what it was like before that I wasn't missing yeah, the, the kind of the, the hecticness of London and the busyness, the, you know, um, you know, the noise, the, you know, the commuting, you know, I'm not missing any of that. Uh, and and actually made me grateful for some of the things I, that I have. I mean, I have, I have somewhere to live and I have, uh, you know, I have access to, to do most of the things that I love to do, most of them. Um, I have food and I'm, I have people who love me I have lots of people who love me who are supporting me and you know so I can't go to the cinema so I can't go out for a drink with my friends so I can't go to a physically go to a church meeting um, yeah that's inconvenient and I would prefer that not to be the case but um, I can still have a healthy 
in kind of almost in, uh, like fruitful life without those things that you know they're not they're not what defines my happiness and not they're not what defines joy for me and that's, that's actually quite encouraging for me that, that i'm actually in that place that where that where that's the case yeah and similarly for me um being here in a retreat center in spain in a very small village up against the mountains so already the village is isolated and uh, there, no, there are no pilgrims on the Camino. The Camino is effectively shut. So there are four of us in the retreat center, and we've been here for 40 days with each other. And the retreat center is beautiful enough. It's got an interior courtyard. But I, I haven't been able to be outside these walls. And yesterday, don't tell anybody, but yesterday I slipped out the back gate and went out into the fields behind the retreat center first time in 40 days and I, and I went outside the gate and I stood there and I saw green grass and I, I, I almost wept for joy it's amazing green green grass uh, the green was, was so beautiful it was hurting my eyes and I, I don't know that I've ever seen green that way before mm. yeah yeah, that's it's amazing, isn't it? The, the, you, the things that you you notice when you haven't had them, like the smells and the feel yeah. of the breeze, um, yeah. the warmth of the sun, you know the you know the feel of kind of fresh air in your lungs. So like it, it, those little things which we can take for granted, and then when we don't have them for a while, we realise what gifts they are. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's really, it's really interesting what's happening right now in terms of, for me, how this will, how the how this will shape us, and the, you know, looking back on my own journey of, you know, confronting grief and trauma and going into the pain and feeling it and working on it, doing forgiveness and healing. And transformation. I I see. I see a reflection of that, in a on a wider scale, now or the potential for that anyway. Um, because we're all carrying grief. We're all we're all grieving at the moment. But so many things that, that we've lost that we're not we don't have anymore. Uh, so many things have changed. Um, the world, we were not going to go back to how things were before. Um, and I see yeah, an opportunity and it's so, there. so important for us to remember mm. uh, because our world will never be the same as it was on the 15th of March mm. and, and we don't really know what that means but we need to internally prepare ourselves that when we come out of this we'll be changed mm. yeah Absolutely. It's like we will have seen something that we can never unsee. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was reminded of, and because we had, it was really interesting that we had Easter during this period. Um, 
used to felt even more pertinent, um, especially you know Holy Saturday, which is that kind mm. of uncertainty and um, you know the the grief and not knowing how it's going to how it's going to work out. Not you know knowing that everything has changed, but not knowing how it's changed necessarily yet. Um, something has happened to us, and we don't we can't go back. And we don't know how it's going to work out. Um, and we're in that moment right now. Um, so that day felt really pertinent, I think. And yeah, I think. And I know you've talked a lot about the the concept of things being born in darkness and the womb being the beginning of life and it being a dark place where new things can begin. So tell us more about that in, in relation to what, what's going on right now. Well, um, and I don't want to go too much into uh, our early ancestral history, but it's important for me to remember that the place that we as Christians were baptized, um, that, that that instrument, whether it was a bowl or... or uh, a huge vessel that um, it was always spoken of as the mother or as the womb um, and that this whatever the instrument is is just a metaphoric expression of the fact that we are born from God's womb and to me it connects with a one of the briefest and, and most eloquent sermons I ever heard. It was uh, by a woman bishop in the United States, and, and uh, it was Easter morning, and she said that we've all grown up and heard that we live from womb to tomb. But as Christians, we understand that we live from tomb to womb. Mm. That every every death experience is but the womb which births us into some new place. Mm. Yeah. So I I think today, and I I would actually say I know. I think I've I've lived long enough in my life, and I've gone through the cycle of death and rebirth so many times that I don't hope it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I don't know what the new life is going to look like, but I can rest into the sense that in this moment where it feels like so much has been taken away and that this is a profound death experience. Mm. And yet at the very same moment, it's a profound birthing experience as well. Yeah, that's right. It is, because... You know, there's always a birth after death. Um, when a seed is this in the Bible? I feel like it is, but I don't know. When a seed falls to the ground, it dies before giving birth to new life. You know, I mean, uh, you know, that's it's actually the, in the Gospel of John. Yes, it is in the Bible. It is. I thought it was. Um, yeah, I just didn't know where. Um, yeah, exactly. And Jesus said that unless a seed falls to the ground and dies. It, it doesn't give birth to new life. So, and he was talking about 
way more than obviously just his own death and resurrection. He was talking about the cycle of life. Um, yeah. And and that it, 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 for me, it's very helpful to remember uh, our Jewishness as Christians, and that we continue that. And when Jesus talks about the seed going down into the dark earth, that 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 metaphor for the Jewish people is is that. Dark, when the sun has gone down and we've entered the dark place, that the dark place is the place that the new day starts. That's why they, they count the day starting 20 minutes after sunset. When the night sky arrives, they believe that they are seeing God's womb again, and they know that the new radiance uh, will emerge from this place, and so that darkness for them one aspect of darkness is that this is not a place to fear. It's a place for us to ask God for uh, newness and recreation and rest and to know that from this uh, will come a new radiance and new life and, and restored life. Mm. So all of that is there in that image that Jesus uses of the seed going down into the earth because it's because every Jew practices every day of their life that 20 minutes after sunset, when the world has turned dark, that's the beginning time again. Yeah, and that's profound, because it's it's so counter to what a lot of people use the, the term darkness for. I mean, even I, you know, I, I've used the term darkness kind of as a byword for suffering and and darkness and you know, and evil and, and bad things, basically. Uh, and it's very easy to do that, you know. It, it, but it's only recently, and basically through <laughs> listening to you, really um, talking about this a lot in different places, that I've come to understand that that that, that darkness, well, it's also it's a place of death and birth. It's a place where something dies, but something new is born. You know, like uh, like the womb is. I mean, the womb is dark. <laughs> you know, yeah. A mother's womb is dark. There's yeah. no light in there, um, and yeah, a baby grows. A new life grows inside of it. You know. Well, and and you know, it's it's one of my theme songs. You've probably heard me say this a lot, but uh, many years ago, uh, when I was a young. Uh, young in the work, a young therapist, a new therapist, and I was in San Francisco in the, the late 1980s. And when and being in San Francisco, I had the chance to work with just a wide range of people. And one of my great teachers was a, an African-American gay man with AIDS who I had the privilege to accompany for three years until he died. And mm. this beautiful, beautiful, dark-skinned man from Mississippi uh, taught me so much. And one of the things that he taught me is, is that he had, uh, as, a, as a black man, he had so denied his darkness because Christianity had taught him that darkness was evil or darkness was of Satan or darkness was of sin or darkness was of the uh, the sign of, of, of Cain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
And and in our work together, he restored that beautiful sense of the holy darkness for himself. And his inner life taught me that for him, darkness was the face of God, and light, L-I-G-H-T, light in, in his inner world was the face of disease. It was the face of AIDS. It was the face of what was literally killing him. And, and what that taught me is, of course, each one of us has our personal associations to light and dark, and those are well and good. And I'm not advocating that you need to change those, but you need to understand, I hope, every one of us, that our own association to light and dark is, is personal, it's not universal. And that our, that our God can just as equally be a God of darkness as our God can be a God of light. And, and that, that, um, that, that our God is beyond all of those categories. Mm. So we, we need, to, and I'm talking to myself as a minister now, and, uh, but I ha, I, I'm really trying to train myself uh, because I want to reclaim the holiness of, of nighttime and the holiness of rest and the holiness of being uncertain. Because we oftentimes think of uncertainty as a dark time. And that, that uncertainty is a place that God wants us to go. Because that's the place that God can do something new in us. When, when we're certain, there's not enough space in us for, the, for us to entertain something new. Mm. Yeah, that's right. The uncertainty where God wants us to go. Yeah. That's absolutely true. That's been my experience. It's the times when I've gone into suffering and grief and uncertainty where there's been an opportunity to begin something new. The more I engage with that side of myself, the more familiar I become with it and I have a relationship with it which can be healthy. And I can listen to it and not be controlled by it. And in my experience, when when I do that, something new does get birthed. There's absolutely that's absolutely that's absolutely true in ex- yeah, my experience. So yeah, and it's a beautiful metaphor as well. It really is. Um, I, I I think about and there was a time many many years ago. Uh, when I was working with churches um, as sort of a liturgical architect or a church architect, where um, where I would be called in was the, this community, the church had burned down or had been destroyed in an earthquake. And uh, so oftentimes in that moment, there's this desire amongst the members of the, of the community to let's get the building plans out, let's, let's, let's raise the money, let's rebuild what we had. Mm. And that's exactly the wrong step. And, and my work was to get them to slow down, and I would suggest, you know, move into a social hall, move into some temporary place for at least a year, and live in this not-yet place, and experiment with putting the chairs in different locations and 
and live in as a community live into a new place for yourself because the loss of the church was possibly a gift in an odd way because in some ways maybe you had outgrown the shape of that church and that that shape, the shape of that church was the community 50 years ago, 100 years, or maybe even longer than that, that, that now you have a chance to discover what God wants of you here. And, and I think that that is very much the place that we're in right now. It's like the world that I had on the 15th of March, and I keep saying that because that's the day that I arrived in Spain and and five hours after I arrived in Spain, the lockdown was announced, and here I was, with no place to go. The world that I knew on the 15th of March is gone. It burned down. Mm. And I, and if I tried to think about resuming my life in the way that it was then, I don't think that's what God's wanting us to do. I think God is wanting us to move into a time where I don't really know what's going to happen, but I know that something new will come out of this as long as I don't impose yesterday's order on it. Mm. That's that's my growing sense over time. I don't have the life experience you do, um, <laughs> but. But as I've done my, as I've been on this journey the last five years, that's the. I've had this growing sense that the things are shifting and the, the spirit is moving, and now it's kind of coming into collective consciousness, and I've been through this journey myself, and it's. And so when I when I when I pause enough to not let it affect me, I can see. That hope, of of something new being birthed, that opportunity of, for, for me individually, but also for all of us, to yeah. create something new after this, to create something better, um, to, to to grow, um, to become closer to our best selves and closer to God. Um, I've certainly felt closer to God recently than I have for a long time. Um, so yeah, something something is something is happening. Well, and, and um, I mean, many people have talked about this, and and I don't want to overreach, but I'm not aware that there's ever been a moment in human history that's been like this one. Um, even even thinking back to those pandemic of the Spanish flu a hundred years ago or, or the two great wars, um, it still didn't touch every person on this planet, no matter where they lived. I mean, they're saying that this virus has already gone into the deep recesses of the Amazon. Um, that, that whatever this virus is, it's come to every house on the planet. Mm. And I don't know that we've ever had a moment like this. Yeah. Yeah. It is quite incredible, really. Uh, and, you know, it's it's touched everybody. 
And I think one of the things you might find when you go out into the world again is that when you when you meet someone new and you have a conversation, it will it will come up. It will be yeah. it will be something that everybody has in common with everybody else. It will you know um, like what was your experience during the pandemic? You know, um, you know. Um, and it's true. Yeah, and we, we all now we all have a common experience that we share. It's like you were. I mean, here I am, ostensibly, quote unquote, on the Camino, and I know as soon as I meet somebody who's walked the Camino, we've got a bond and we've got stories to tell. Mm. And now we've got that bond and that story to tell with everybody. Yeah. That, 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 is, that is kind of a beautiful thing. It, it's, because no matter, yeah. You know, um, because none of us are alone anymore. We've, we've all gone through something together. You know. <laughs> uh, and uh, we, you know, if you're stuck about, if you meet someone and you want to talk to them, but you don't know what to say to them, you can, you know, there's at least one thing we're going to have in common. And uh, you know, and that's that's good, you know. And it also gives us a sense of perspective about, again, what's really important. Um, you know, we're seeing that in practical outworking, we're seeing who the, the the important workers are, the ones who actually keep us going, the ones that are really most important to us and our survival. Uh, and you know, the truth is, this is kind of unraveling a lot of truth about people and about yeah. our world you know and and about the systems that we live in you know it's uh, it is a, it's a great amplifier um, yeah I mean how is what's how has this whole experience ch- changed you what is in terms of your own journey your own experience of God um, how has it well, shaped I, you I, I don't um, I, I want to answer the, the question James but for me it's sort of like when I'm walking the Camino and I know the Camino is changing me but I won't really know how until I'm sort of back home yeah yeah, and that's sort of the feeling I have. Like I know this is changing me, but I can't put the words on it yet. It's it's like I've got to the the the, the lockdown has got to lift, and as I move back into larger life, I'll discover. I imagine the same thing I discover when I come home from the Camino, which is things that I used to be passionate about. I'm like, oh God, how long? I'm looking at my watch, and I and I discover as quote-unquote life returns, how I change. But when I'm in the change moment, I can't quite see it yet. Interesting. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I probably phrased that question wrong. Um, but it's, but it's, you're right, yeah. When we go to do things like this, we don't actually see how we're changing until we're out of it, in a sense. Right. Um... Okay, right. I mean, it's why I it's why I quote unquote wrote the book entitled Returning from Camino because most people excuse me for using the metaphor of the Camino, but I think it's it. 
most people come on the Camino because they want to change something. And they spend a lot of the Camino worrying about whether they're changing. And I'm like, no, stop worrying about whether you're changing. Trust that something is happening. And when you get back home, you will begin to see how you've changed because you'll notice how you respond to situations differently. And then you can begin to put the language on what happened to you. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, it's that if this is a nighttime experience, which to me I think it is, yeah. that we can't see clearly with our eyes, that it is a, a time which in some ways is about rest and uncertainty. And that as we return again to larger life, we'll return with different eyesight. But until that return happens, we really can't name how we're changing. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, that is, that's so true. We're not going to know how this ends up until we are out of it. And that's difficult for people to accept, but it, but it is the reality that we're all kind of faced with. Um, I think for me, I'm just trying to pay attention to where I am today and be present in today and have grace with myself because there'll be moments where it's difficult and moments where it's good and um, I'm human so I'm going to be anxious and uncertain Um, but also have moments of pause where I can remember that this is also an opportunity it's also as much as it's a death of some things it's also an opportunity for rebirth um, in me and in, in in, in others and in, you know, in us collectively um, and that there are reasons to hope um, so yeah that's that's really true um, so just what? yeah go on <laughs> well I was just going to say I mean really the, the great secret of living can be summed up that all of life is life death life and and as we grow and, and as we have more experiences, we come to understand and come to trust that that is the pattern. It's always life, death, life. Mm. It is. It is. And again, it's, it's what Jesus modeled, you know, yes. and spoke about again and again. And, um,. Yeah, that it's, it's, I mean, it's the great holy day, the great festival that we've just celebrated. Mm. It, can really, it really comes down to that beautiful three words, life, death, life. Life, death, life. Yeah. Yeah. So there is hope, you know. The, the long arc of history and the story of Jesus, that all points to life after death. <laughs> yeah. Um, it really is, and and, and it's and it's life after every death. Yeah, oh wow. I think so. Oftentimes we think only of the physical death, but we live life and death over and over and over again for most of our days. Yes, we do. 
We do. And and the more that I know that pattern, the more that I come to understand that that moment when I take my last physical breath, that's just the opening of another new pattern because it's always life death life. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a really great way to end. Um, yeah. It's been shorter than our normal conversations, but I feel like it's been deeper than most of our conversations as well. Um, yeah. Very profound. Um, thank you for... Thank you for coming on the show again and <laughs> speaking with such wisdom. I, I love being with you. I love you. And thank you for asking. Um, well, yeah, I'm so grateful for for you as a friend and um, for the work you do. Um, yeah. And I just want to encourage people who are listening to be aware of that life, death, life. Um, that, uh, you know, that although we're grieving now, although this is difficult now, there is life after this. Um, this will not last forever. Um, and, yeah, there is hope. And that Jesus has already been there. You know, so this is, and that's not to disavow the, what we're going through and the, the, the difficulties and the pain and the struggle. Because that is really real and that is really painful. Um, uh, and that is tragic. Yeah, it, it, it's just, to try to remember that pain is not the end. Yeah, absolutely. Pain is not the end. Oh, thank you, Alexander. It's such a privilege to have you here. Um, and take care, everybody, and uh, stay safe. Thank you.